to love and we've reached that time to love at the time of the day when so many of us are in the middle of our busy schedule and I'm happy to share this loving time with one wonderful healer who of course has shown his love for us in tremendous ways Dr. Laila Africa so before I get into Dr. Africa I would like to share a bit about who I am my name is Dr. Tissa Muhammad, and I represent a Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute. And just to give you more insight into who we are, this is our mission statement. A Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute was created as a channel to transform those seeking wholeness, wellness, and happiness within themselves. The Institute provides a place where seekers come to fulfill their mission by reawakening their knowledge of self-healing through personal counseling educational workshops, womb wellness, natural medicine, iridology, holistic health products, and many other sacred tools in order that they may heal themselves and thus go forth as healers, restoring health to their families, communities, and ultimately the entire planet Earth. Today's topic is healing from the Earth, and we want to begin our healing from the Earth by understanding that from the healing that is provided by Mother Nature, or as we call her, Mother Nature, um, that indeed that is the only way that we can go into our future as a healed people. As we know, um, this has been a time of great reawakening of our spirits to that connection that we have to the earth, to a reconnection that we have to even an understanding of ourselves and the creator of the universe. And when we go through this time, we must not forget that love is the key aspect in making the transformation. First, our self-love, and then understanding the love of the Creator, and then taking care of the earth that we reside in and the other planets that are around us. Dr. Africa, I would like to introduce you to our guest. I'm certain this is a man who does not need any introduction, but I will let you know, for those who do not know who he is, that Dr. Laila Africa is a nutritional consultant, massage therapist, historian. He's certified as an addictionologist, um, an acupuncturist. He's a writer. He's also a doctor of naturopathic medicine. And, my gosh, there's so much more that we can say about him. But let me first say welcome, Dr. Africa, to our show, A Time to Love. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Yes, indeed. People, we're going to take a little bit of a break, um, and then when we return, we're going to talk more to Dr. Africa about a time to love and healing from the earth. We don't make the time to love. 
famous historians, I, I'm not going to mention their names, but I would just raise my hand and ask them these questions about nutrition, and they, their face would go blank. And I said, oh, these people just can't help me here. So I realized I was basically out there by myself at that point. I did talk a little bit to Dick Gregory in the early days. We've been in communication for about 30 years now. But um, he didn't know the history, and he wasn't a practitioner, so I really couldn't get so much from him at that time. And so I just walked this path by myself, essentially, started attending classes and, and writing little newsletters through the Vegetarian Society and other organizations I was affiliated with. But mostly the resistance to giving up fried chicken and pig feet was kind of rough. <laughs> so I, I didn't try to tackle that thing at all. I just realized that uh, everyone wasn't there to listen, so I didn't try that at that time at all. Yes, sir. Dr. Africa, I know that our topic tonight um, or this afternoon is healing from the earth. And in healing from the earth, I know that that is the key or the essential nutrient to taking us into our future. What do you see as some of those uh, key components um, that would help us or assist us as a people in getting into our future healthfully? instead of with the diseases and ailments that we are now inflicted with? Well, I essentially I feel as though we have to face the reality that we are, most of us have an eating disorder. We're addicted to food, and we've been purposely trained to be addicted to food by the uh, commercial industry and the advertisements and the way they seduced us subliminally into eating this junk food. So I think we have to face the reality that we have a food addiction, which is a mental illness that was created for us by the colonial experience and the slavery experience, which caused us to uh, get away from uh, our raw food diet and get into cooked foods and other foods that we weren't traditionally used to eating, such as cow's milk and goat's milk and all that sort of rut. So we have been trained to be dysfunctional as far as our eating habits are concerned. We need to just face that reality that there's another way to eat and maybe our ancestors hold the key to that. Yes. In your book, um, Nutricide, I know you've addressed the connection of our death or of our or of our life to the diet, to our meals. And I know I have learned through the years from different people as well as yourself that indeed our connection to our health lies in what we eat. Um, it was. I remember the first time I even read that or thought on that. It came through the channels of um, of yourself as as well as many other great healers, and it shocked me because I had never connected my fork to my grave. And how in how have you made that reconnection? I know you said you spoke about your journey through the seventies, but if you could speak a little bit more on that with some of our um, audience members, because I know that we do not really think about food as being dangerous because we enjoy it so much and we don't consider ourselves to be addicted even though we're eating at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know. Well, essentially, the, the political use of food as a weapon or a way to manipulate people in the in modern era started in 1946 under Clinton Anderson of the State Department and that's 
when they decided to uh, use food to manipulate and control people. The United States government purposely made that decision in 1946, and they started making plans to uh, use food as a way to uh, control people. They figured that one thing that any revolutionary or someone who wants has to do is to eat, and the best way to get to them is through manipulating the food supply. And they basically did that in Vietnam, just throwing away tons and tons of rice and hmm. things. They perfected the technique long before they uh, upscaled it and brought it into America. And before that, during the slavery era and colonial era, uh, which is the race war against black folks, um, they switch uh, most 99% of all black folks onto a starch and fat centered diet in that we uh, eat majority of starches, uh, potatoes, and all kinds of dough, uh, pancakes and bread and pizzas, a whole lot of dough, a wheat and starch centered diet, and a lot of uh, oils, uh, fried foods, and fats, and greens. So they switched us to a starch and fat centered diet. And, uh, According to the medical records during slavery, that diet is very dangerous, and they are well aware of it, causing bow legs and knock knees and birth defects and pelvic deformities. They are quite well aware of the destructiveness of a starch in a diet. And we are aware today when we give children a starch and sugar in the morning and send them to school, they become hyper, which feeds into the hyperactivity or special education industry. So we're aware that these starches are quite dangerous, but they're so addicting because of the commercial production that they have. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, for those who are listening in, we are speaking to Dr. Laila Africa, author of African Holistic Health, as well as many other books, including Nutricide and The Gullah. I am going to invite listeners who would like to ask Dr. Africa any questions to contact us via email, and our email address is a time to love at hotmail dot com. That is a time, the number two, and l u v at hotmail dot com. So, if you would like to pose a question to Dr. Africa, please feel free to contact. Us and we will ask him, Doctor Africa. I do have a question that has come in for you. Um, Going to get to that here right now, and the question is from a listener. Her, hold on, I'm just making sure this works. We're holding. Okay. Her question is: I have three questions. Number one, Doctor Africa, can you help me kick my sugar cravings? And could this partly be a reason I cannot conceive? Um, I don't know if I should start asking you all three of them right now, Dr. Africa, or should we address each question? Well, the sugar craving is quite pervasive. That's the most addicting chemical they have, and they put spray sugar on french fries and make perfume smell sweet. Sugar is a very addicting chemical. It's the key to the addiction industry. So to reduce the sugar craving, we use a herb such as chickweed, and we use amino acids such as glutamine. And these things come in combination formulas. It will say crave less or crave extra appetite control or glucose control on the label. And that will get rid of the uh, sugar addiction. And sugar, of course, is the key to fertility. When the sugar level drops too low, the baby can't get enough oxygen and therefore it will abort. So fertility is 
also gauged by how well you can manage your sugar. All right. Uh, if the lady that eats a lot of sugar or starches that turn into sugar quickly will have a large baby weighing about 9 pounds, 10 pounds. Those are sugar babies. And they are prone to have certain problems from that, that condition. Interesting. She continues here. Um, I know she stated, and could this be partly the reason I cannot conceive, and then she says, I really want to have a child, but I've gone through all of the in vitro fertilization and still cannot conceive. I'm deeply in prayer about this and try not to let my husband know my true pain. I know Allah says he knows what the womb bears and what falls short. It is not my fault, my eating, or my eating habits I have taken on. I just want to heal my body way properly and heal my family and need to know is there a regimen in addition to eating to live to rid my body of the sugar overload? She says, can you help me heal my husband who suffers from heart disease? He has the heart of an angel but developed poor eating habits before our marriage. I will continue to encourage him to eat to live and needed to know if there's anything in particular I need to focus on with him to help him heal his heart. I read it according to how she sent it. Yeah, well, we're back to the essential thing that's causing the problem, which is sugar. It weakens the pancreas, and a weak pancreas results in high blood pressure, heart disease, as she mentioned, arthritis, glaucoma, cataract, infertility, hair loss, premature ejaculation, prostate disease. It causes all these things that she's talking about, so we have to deal with that or sugar and glucose control supplement, uh, Crave Less, Crave X, and all of these uh, formulas that are out there that help regulate the sugar level. It may even say diabetes on the label uh, or diabetes in some kind of way. It will have the word diabetes and some of its derivatives. So we have to get a hold of that whole sugar thing once again. And as far as balancing the hormone level, there are herbs for that, um, Damiana, Dunkwa, Taste tree berries and supplements such as pregnenolone, which will turn into the hormone that the lady needs. Uh, we use wild yam cream, progesterone cream, and of course, she probably would have to take a prenatal multivitamin and mineral to stabilize the hormone level as well as to stop the bone loss. So, I would suggest a prenatal multivitamin and mineral formula and something to regulate the hormone level. Uh, uh, chase tree berries, dunkwa, damiana, uh, herbs of that sort. Uh, yeah. That would help. Okay, wonderful. Dr. Africa, I have another question for you. This comes in from a sister who calls herself Sacred Spirit. She said, Peace and blessings. I have been suffering for several years now from a condition that causes my lips to be extremely dry. The dryness scabs up around the corners and just above the upper lip line. I often think I'm dehydrated and began to drink water accordingly. The effect does subside, although I am not sure if it is because of the intake of water or the application of medicated lip balm. I am positive I ordinarily do not drink enough water. However, I am not sure that dry, crusted lips are a symptom of dehydrated dehydration. Perhaps it is a symptom of a more serious condition. My medical doctor usually disagrees with what I tell her I think is my malady. However, I need a more reliable diagnosis. <laughs> Thanks for your imminent advice. That was sacred spirit. Well, she's terribly correct with the dehydration issue. Uh, she may be drinking the water, but she may not be metabolizing it. 
So I would suggest you start diluting her juices and with water and sugar will cause her to lose fluid moisture anyway. So um, I think she needs to do something about her sugar level. Okay. A glucose control supplement, as I mentioned earlier, Crave less the Cravex because the the increase of sugar or things that turn into sugar, such as white potatoes or bleached white flour in any form, will turn into sugar very quickly, and that would cause the body to lose moisture and lose water. Also, estrogen stress will cause her to increase her fluid, but a decrease in the estrogen will cause her to lose fluid, so it's a hormone imbalance as well. Yes. So we're talking about another lady that needs a prenatal multivitamin and mineral, and another lady needs a glucose control supplement or a diabetes supplement to regulate that sugar level, which is causing a loss of moisture along with her not drinking enough water and along with drinking the water but not metabolizing the water. So she may have to use olive vera juice to help her metabolize the water as well. It's, um, it's a problem there because that, that drying of the lips like she's talking about means that digestive tract is dry mm-hmm. as well. The colon, the small intestine is drying, and that is not dehydration. That's already in the disease process. So she needs to balance her hormone level, get, a, get some kind of control over her glucose level, which would be a glucose control supplement, and metabolize that water better, which probably indicates a kidney weakness that she has as well. Okay. Okay. I would like to just let the audience know, normally um, a Time to Love broadcast live between 8 and 9 um, Eastern, and I wanted you to know that this is indeed a live broadcast. Today's date is February the 9th, and I am speaking to Dr. Laila Africa. Um, I know that those on the West Coast are three hours behind us, so we are, um, it's about 11, let me just tell you my time, 11.13 my time. Eastern, <laughs> so I know if you're just tuning in. This is a live broadcast with Dr. Layla Africa, and you can email me at a time to love at yahoo or sorry at hotmail.com, and that is a time the number two l u v at hotmail.com if you have any questions for Dr. Africa, and of course you can also send in your emails to innerlightradio at yahoo.com. Dr. Africa, I wanted to get into that. Um, I'm noticing with these last two questions, the women have this connection to sugar. What is it with women and sugar? You know, how has that become a part of our biggest problem, or is it our problem alone? Well, um, of course, the highest, highest amount of white sugar you can get is in chocolate because it takes a lot of sugar to make that bitter chocolate uh, sweet. So if you want to get a lot of sugar, especially chocolate, which is promoted to women anyway on Valentine's Day and all these kind of things, to shove the chocolate at the ladies. But the sugar is a and sweet food associated with love and the inability to get love or inability to receive love can cause a person to eat sugar because of the association made with sugar and love such as the Valentine's Day, such as the uh, Christmas stories, such as the uh, children's fairy tales, which are loaded with a lot of sugar, and things that make us happy are associated with sugar. And therefore, when a person is feeling unhappy, either about themselves or their relationship or their children or their beauty or their weight, (laughs) 
they will eat sugar to medicate themselves emotionally for the lack of ability to get or receive love or happiness. So it's the emotional drive that's causing the sugar addiction, and it's not sugar alone. It's the emotional dysfunctionality that the ladies have that's created by the social situation that they're in called oppression or the black experience or just watching television alone will cause you to eat sugar because all joyful things are surrounded with sugar on television. <laughs> when will we be able to break our addiction from sugar? I heard a scientist once state that the only difference between sugar and crack cocaine is one molecule. Is that entirely true or... You know, what are we dealing with? Because now that I look at it, most of our ailments are, of course, linked to sugar. And I know when they speak about that condition of the mind, they say that um, diabetes is caused because of a lack of um, sweetness in one's life. So how are we going to be able to conquer the battle of sugar if, as you have pointed out in your classes, sugar is in every single secret food um, that we eat or every food that we eat. It's one of those secret ingredients or the unlabeled ingredient. Are there other means for us to free ourselves from the bondage of sugar? Well, sugar, as you mentioned, is closely related to uh, cocaine, crack, and Ritalin and vitamin C. It's just a one or two molecule jump to get from vitamin C to sugar. The thing is that if you lack vitamin C, which you get from fresh fruits and vegetables, mostly raw, it can also stimulate a sugar craving. Okay. So the, the, the thing is that um, we have to understand that we emotionally have been caused to be addicted to the sugar. And to solve that emotional problem that you have is, a, is something that may take some time. But to solve the uh, addiction to the sugar, that can be easily done by claiming changing your body's chemistry with a supplement such as glucose control, crave less, crave X, diabetes, things that control a glycemic index, the sugar level. So that can be easily done biochemically. As far as the emotional reason for the person medicating their inability to get love or happiness or joy or love themselves or their relationship, that is a problem that may take some time to solve because we're not taught to love our culture, love Africa, or love anything associated with Africa. We don't like our African hair. We don't like our clothes. We don't like our culture. So we've been taught to have low self-esteem for our culture, which gives us low self-esteem for ourselves. And that is just something we've been trying to change with celebrations like Kwanzaa or Black History Month to raise our self, our racial self-esteem, but it hasn't done the job because it requires a little bit more than just a month or a week to uh, raise a race of self-esteem when they're constantly being bombarded with negative images or negative words associated with their culture. Well, I know that um, in training them with the culture, of course, would come through our children um, as well, being a very important part of bringing about our future and saving it. And my question to you would be, what should be our goals for enlightening and training the children to take up the task of using the earth to sustain and heal themselves for our future? Well, the main thing with the children is the adult developing parenting skills. 
There's nothing you can do. You cannot teach the child anything if you don't have parenting skills, and you have to know what parenting skills are. And if you don't know, you need to take a class and read a book about it to understand how it is that you so-called raise a child, and that's done with parenting skills and ability to read body language and voice language and to understand the importance of having rewards and punishments for mental, spiritual, or physical behaviors. You have to have rewards and punishments in place before you can even approach having a parenting skills. So I would say for the adults to make it their business to learn what parenting skills are. You just can't water a child three times a day like it's a plant. Feeding a child is not parenting skills. Giving clothes to children is not parenting skills. Taking them to the movie is not parenting skills. It's a little bit more involved than that. You have to be a parent for yourself before you can be a parent for someone else. And that comes back to raising your consciousness of what you are about spiritually, mentally, and physically. So I would say that would be the key, the parenting skills. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Africa. We are speaking to Dr. Laila Africa, and we are going to take a quick break just to do a breather, and when we return, we will continue with our questions. If you'd like to ask Dr. Africa anything, please email us at a time, the number 2, love, L-U-V, at hotmail.com. Take care. We'll be back in a moment. You can reach as when you reach and find you found someone. You'll hold this world most priceless thing. The greatest gift is life can bring is when you look back and know you are love. You are love.
you are loved and this is a time to love and we are happy to be loving with Dr. Laila Africa on a live broadcast that on my clock says it's 11.24 and it's February the 9th. So Dr. Africa, in coming back to that aspect of the parenting and raising children up to be healers or raising them to have knowledge of the healing that is provided by the earth, I wanted to go on and ask you, um, how do we begin to address the task of educating the seekers and allowing them the opportunity to see the healing aspects of the earth in action? Well, um, essentially, uh, when I'm trying to uh, get that uh, kind of understanding to a person, I usually refer them to The Secret of the Soil, which is a book that tells you about how the minerals as a family cooperate and how they uh, have their own intelligence and own feelings. So I start with teaching people about the soil first and then going to give the person an understanding of the plants and how they interact and how they nourish each other and in the process nourish us. So those are fundamental kind of things that one has to have to understand this whole thing that we call earth and which people call dirt and therefore put a negative connotation beside the planet earth which is actually a, a lot of soil that's used to nourish us and the soil has intelligence and has cycles and rhythms, rhythms and things of that sort so I would start with basic stuff like that before I could move on to anything in, on another level of course okay what about, um, what is that, I know Stevie wanted to do a song about that. Um, is it The Secret of the Plants, The Secret Relationship? What is the name of that other book you mentioned as well in class? The Secret Life of Plants. The Secret Life of Plants, that's the one. Is that another good source for giving us oh, yeah. information? Oh, Plants. Uh, it's a documentation of the emotional connection that plants make with a person that, that raises them and nourishes them and how they have feelings and can detect when a person is sad or upset and also get happy when the person is coming home. And all this has been scientifically verified that the plant can bond with you. And actually it's a way of studying the bonding effect and how a child can receive information better if the child is bonded with his parents, both of them. So it's a way of looking at the bonding that is necessary for, to raise a healthy child. You can read it by raising reading it uh, through the secret life of plants or how plants bond with people. And then if you really look at the information precisely, you'll see that bonding is very important in the nourishing and raising of a child and how they perceive reality as well as themselves. So the key is to understand bonding and its place in the relationship. I know Dr. Carver actually touched on some of what you're speaking of as well when he spoke about speaking to the peanuts and getting all the information and other plants, finding out exactly how to utilize them. Is that also um, the topic covered in The Secret? Oh, yeah, in The plants? Secret Life of Plants, uh, George Washington Carver's work is mentioned. Okay. And there's also uh, Burbank out in California who also talked to plants and got cactus to grow without thorns just by forming a relationship with them based on his ability to bond and that's being open and honest with a person which causes you to be able to bond with them and them to reciprocate the bond. Well, that would be an interesting practice. As you say that now, it comes 
um, what comes to mind is that we should really be teaching our children how to raise plants um, as one of their first lessons before we even give them a pet. Wouldn't that be along those same lines? That's traditional in African culture and all, all colored cultures that children would get into what people would, in the old days, would call farming. Mm-hmm. And they would have a little garden, and they would help with the farming process, as they would call it in those days, which is actually getting them to form a relationship with the soil and with plants before they can form a relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. So they'd learn how to be care, become caretakers. And how if you take care of the plant, the plant will blossom and grow and give you food and take care of you. And how it becomes a reciprocal relationship. And this teaches the child the benefits of bonding. Gosh, my mother comes to mind. (laughs) She's very good with raising plants. And then I've always uh, told myself, geez, I, I don't have a green thumb. So this would be a great aspect, I would imagine, for those of us who are seeking to be nurturers to learn how to nurture through establishing a relationship with a plant. Oh, yes. That's just primary when you're getting into the bonding, uh, understanding that relationship, how if you give positive to something, it gives positive back to you. But it has to be unconditional positive. Mm-hmm. It has to be a relationship where you're not exploiting the plants, thinking you're going to take from the plants. You have to give to the plants your attention, your emotions, your feelings, and then the plants respond by giving something to you. Mm. Beautiful. Very interesting topic, but I know we need to move on. Um, I wanted to ask you, we know that the concern over the last few decades is that Mother Earth is getting weary of our abuse and misuse. However, also in recent occurrences, the wave of practitioners who are advocates to to change these unhealthy trends is on the increase. Do we have enough movements to make significant changes, Dr. Africa? And what united efforts do you think that our local organizations should strive for in making these changes? Well, um, it's going to be kind of difficult because the land is being taken away and controlled by the multinationals, as you know, and they are not going to give up the land that easily unless someone come in and want to take care of it, which means they would have to take control of the land from the multinationals, and they're not going to give up that ability. We just have to understand that we're citizens of the earth and and we're not citizens of America or Africa. We're citizens of planet Earth. That is our first citizenship. We have to claim that in order to claim the wholeness of the Earth and to understand how the Earth is part of us and we are part of the Earth. So getting that basic relationship back with the Earth will help us to be more ecological-minded. Um, we really can't look to other races to teach us this because the American Indians uh, have never been into that much of ecology anyway. They did large-scale irrigation uh, causing the salting, the exhaust of salt in Gila River valleys, uh, and that's why their society fell. The, the Hohokam Indians out of southern Arizona, they did massive abusive irrigation that caused the exhaustion of the Gila River valleys and the Salt Valley, and that's why the whole Hohokam civilization perished because they over <laughs> over abused the land. So we really can't look at the American Indians and think that's a shining example of anything. They did the same thing with the head smash in in southern uh, Alberta, Canada, where they just drove buffaloes over a cliff, stampeded thousands of them, only ate about five or six, but they killed a thousand of them. And you can go see them. That's called the head smash in 
places in southern Alberta, Canada. They, they were very abusive to nature and to the soil. We really can't look to them. We have to look for something a little more deeper, and that's going into our own uh, cultural understanding and definition of what this is all about. So we have to uh, uh, create this posture in ourselves that we are citizens of the earth, and the earth will take care of us if we take care of the earth in our spiritual and mental understanding. Because the first thing we have to do is think negative before we can behave negative. So we develop this positive thinking process, positive feelings about the earth, then our behavior will become more positive. You don't have to own anything. You don't have to own the earth, but you have to be positive about the earth, and then the earth will respond. The earth will reject those people that are abusing it and, and pay homage to those people who are in, in love with it and giving it harmony. The earth will help protect us. We're not looking at it that way. The earth will respond and become our allies, and they will reject the people that are abusing it, right. no matter who they are. Right. I want to know, um, in dealing with natural medicine, as you have been, Dr. Africa, have you found the open key to your information coming from communication with plants or coming from your communication with um, with those types of forms. I mean, my biggest thing is what exactly have you done to get such beautiful information and how can we do the same? Well, the, um, the key is not to try to read a thousand books and go to a thousand lectures, the key is uh, how you process information, the quality of your processing of information, not how, how much information you use, it's how you approach information, whether you're trying to take this information off the page that you're reading it, or whether you're trying to give to relations or give to the information, it's a reciprocal kind of thing, so you just can't force information to come into you, you have to be in in some way in harmony with the information. It's sort of like bonding with a plant. You have to bond with information in this way so you don't have to read a thousand books. You can have a better quality of read, not a better quantity of reading material, but a better quality of reading the material that you do read. So it's quality that you have to develop, and that quality is developed by bonding, as they say. Originally, when I was studying herbs and that sort of thing maybe 30 years ago, which I don't do that much anymore. Uh, we would have to take one herb and hold that in our hands all day, a leaf of any plant, and carry that around all day to mm-hmm. form a relationship with it. And then, of course, they would blindfold us at night <laughs> and send us out in the woods and make us find that herb uh, without seeing it. So you, after a while, you can sense it, but you would have to carry a herb around with you all day, starting in the morning put it in your hand, your pocket, and form a really emotional, sensitive relationship with the plant. But that's when you're studying uh, herbology from the old traditional way. Uh, people don't do all that stuff anymore. Uh, they just look it up on the Internet or somewhere and go get it. But uh, back in the, the day, as they say, that's how we used to do it, uh, forming that kind of relationship. Gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about us with our busy lifestyles, how much we're really missing out. Um, I know those who do a lot of breath work um, and vibrational medicine can sense the healing in plants, and not just in plants, but, of course, other what we would call inanimate objects like stones. Um, and I know in my own experience I have actually held stones 
and felt that, you know, and, and sensed that vibration in that area where the stone would be the best suited or where that plant or that herb would be the best suited. But why don't we just begin that teaching again, Dr. Africa? I know with you, I know you do the holistic health um, consultant certifications. What about re, um, reawakening us to this knowledge again? Um, I know you do quite a bit, but I know that it's time that we sort of get into that again. It probably is. Um, there are many uh, healers around, as you know, and people doing a lot, a lot of good work uh, in the area of herbs. As Dr. Ando out of Atlanta from uh, England, he comes out of the uh, Kew Gardens, but botanical kind of understanding of plants. But that leads you back into Leonis, who corrupted the whole plant <laughs> understanding of plants by classifying them according to their sexual behavior, like Europeans do. They intersect, so he, he sexualized the whole classification of plants, and that distorts your understanding of them, rather than taking the African point of view by classifying things according to what they do. Uh, he just did a sexual thing and distorted it, like Freud did a sexual thing, so they always done that, so... The older way of understanding the plants is probably the better way and going and getting to the secret life of plants. And like you were talking about holding a crystal that's, and feeling that energy in the soil, which, uh, which, which a crystal is soil, mm-hmm. just a hard form of it. So you, you're touching the soil that way, and that's how some people connect to the soil. So they go to the store and buy all these crystals, but actually the soil under their feet will be just as dynamic. But the process begins to be a circular one in that you realize that you're not actually touching the crystal, you're actually touching yourself. Mm-hmm. And this crystal helps you to manifest that part of yourself. You're actually feeling yourself. You're not feeling the crystal. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that, that kind of quality of a relationship. And it, it, it can be done through music or dance. You don't have to limit it to a crystal. Damn, people touch this energy of themselves through various mediums. Hmm. They can call it dance or singing yes. or painting. Or, but it's the same thing because paint is nothing but dirt. But they don't see it as dirt. They're still using soil to connect to something. Wow. The instruments are made out of metal and metal is soil. So they're still using soil when they play an instrument or when they're painting or when they dancing because cotton is made from the soil and so because it's just the same relationship they're not seeing it as still part of the soil still part of mother earth they see it as cotton but actually cotton is soil right you follow me yes sir yes, yeah sir. That's, that's what i'm talking about mm. that's kind of dynamic yes where you don't separate yourself from this this god of ours mm. no separation you and god are one beautiful I have another question, Dr. Africa. Um, <clears throat> I would imagine the, the reader's name is Big Man Design, states, what type of food should a person in Arizona try to grow, a, well, he says, try to grow a garden for in that region? Any suggestions? Oh, I don't think we can undertake that one without going into weeds. Hmm. And tell, tell you to read the weeds, you wouldn't know what to grow. So I, I, the first thing I would do in that instance was study weeds and get a book on weeds because the weeds would tell you what plants to grow in, in, in that soil. So you have to go weeds and what they tell. It's a book called Weeds and What They Tell by Pfeiffer. It's only about 20 pages. But once you learn to read the weeds, then you know what to grow. 
Don't start with say, I want to grow a plant. Start with the weeds because they tell you exactly what that soil lacks and what that soil needs and what can be grown on the soil. So oh. I would get the book, uh, Weeds and What They Tell. Mm-hmm. Weeds and What They Tell. So that brings me to another point. I know now that we are, um, as this person stated, of course, they're in Arizona. So somebody in Canada, like myself, Dr. Africa, what are we looking at? I mean, are we to study the environment that we live in? Do we go to our local, um, um, the any of the stores where we can purchase the plants, like a nursery? Or what? No. First okay. thing you have to look at is the weeds. The weeds are growing right there. It tells you what the soil can handle. Okay. You should look at the, what people call weeds. They're there. They are the information we need. Somebody say, I want to grow some okra, fine. I want to grow some tomatoes, fine. That's good to say you want to grow, but the soil, the weeds that are in your soil tells you what the soil can grow. So I would look at the weeds first and study them. It's only a 10-page booklet. You can read it in five seconds. It's, no, it's not a, something mm-hmm. you have to study and study. Right. Ten pages, and it will be the key to everything. It's the key to farming. That's the same thing I teach the black farmers when I give seminars for them. I teach them about the weeds. I say, don't overlook these weeds. Mm. They're telling you what the soil manages. So that's the first thing I teach the farmers, herbologists, anyone is weeds. As you've mentioned weeds, why is it that we are encouraged to do a lot of the weeding and the destruction of the weeds since that is the key element to our survival and to our understanding of the healing and the herbs and the earth? You know, why is it that we are taught that? I mean, I know why, but I'd like us to get more into that. Well, a weed is simply anything you didn't plant in your garden. If you uh, planted roses and a tulip grows, by definition, the tulip is a weed. Okay. Weed is something you didn't plant. That's all that's referring to. That's not an enemy, as the European has taught us. The weeds are the enemy, so you have to attack and kill them. They're not enemies at all. They're the friends of the soil. They're coming back to help the soil. They're there to help and give the soil a blessing. But uh, people just interpret them as an enemy because we're in this terrorist kind of thing so a weed becomes a terrorist and we put the homeland security on it a weed killer it's just absurd right. that's the mindset that we have when we approach approaching Mother Earth and the things that come from Mother Earth and that's the wrong mindset right there are some other emails that I am getting in here but we're having a little difficulty getting to them we'll get to them shortly and I have a question again what should be our goals Dr. Africa as ambassadors of health in many parts of the country, um, actually, no, wrong one. There are ambassadors of health in many parts of the country, and can you suggest just a few in the different regions of the country that listeners could contact that you know of, Dr. Africa, who could help them with changing their lifestyles? Um, that's a huge question. <laughs> they would have to email me because I don't know where they are, and I have to put them through the organization, the International Healers, who has the listing of all the folks. I, I really don't have that kind of listing in my head. The International Healers Association lists all the healers, so I, I would refer them to that. Okay, wonderful. There's an upcoming conference that you're having as well. Can you speak a little bit more on that, Dr. Africa? Uh, the International Healers Conference, that goes with priests as well and thinkers and writers, and that's held every year. Um, 
we have it in Raleigh, Durham, and they can just go to my site or Moody Man, J Moody Man at AOL. Uh, they can access it through me. That will be easier, <laughs> and I can connect them to that. Okay. What com- what is covered in that particular um, conference every year that we um, be aware of? We get together. And the healers get together and share information and experiences and bring each other up to date. That's the first thing that we do. And it's not just limited to healers. They're priests and thinkers and dancers and raw foodish and massage therapists and caparero people. And it's not just limited to, to healers, uh, per se. So we have workshops where we uh, teach the public and various skills that they need, meditation or hypnosis or any sort of thing that they may need, spirituality, rituals, and their workshops on all those different types of subjects. And uh, the healers themselves and priests, we get together and share information because we're so busy helping people, we forget to help ourselves. So sometimes we're just helping ourselves. So we have meetings and do that sort of thing. Okay. Wonderful. Dr. Oscar, I have some questions for you here. All right. One question that is coming from one of our listeners. Dr. Africa, the person states, I have spent an enormous amount of money trying to find a cure slash cause of bad breath. I no longer eat meat, only fish. What do you suggest? Thanks. Well, it's obviously the food is not moving out of the body at appropriate time. And it stays in the body and, and ferments and rots and putrefies and, and causes the so-called bad breath, which is not bad at all. It's just an indication of constipation. So the, the person probably has to look at an increase in their transient time, the time in which the food moves through the body, and look at their food combining and look at not eating too late at night and look at things that constipate, such as cheese and dairy, and mixing meat with bread and things of that sort that actually constipate the system. So if all these changes that she had made, the person has made, then it's probably food combining that's the problem. And, um, of course, eating late at night and drinking and eating at the same time, things that will impair digestion. But just to speed it along without a laxative will require something uh, slimy such as flax seeds or Greek seeds or slip around powder or Irish moss, something that will help the food slip along. So the person can look into that. Okay. Dr. Africo, in your training, I know you are now doing the Holistic Health Consultant Certification Programs. I wanted to just discuss that because many people are not aware. I mean, a lot of us, now that we've kind of embarked upon this healing mission, and by the way, I I need to just state it for those who don't know, that my um, change, my life change began in 1993, and it was through Dr. Africa's book, African Holistic Health, at the time that I stopped chewing gum and then changed a lot of other things in my life and eventually, of course, got to this level of doing what I'm doing now with natural medicine. But, Dr. Africa, you did change my life, and I know there's a lot of others out there who would probably say the exact same thing. So with your African or with your holistic health consultant certification programs, give us insight into how we can use that to better ourselves and tell us exactly what that entails. Well, the um, certification course is actually a course in holistic 
medicine and it teaches the basic diagnostic skills, how to diagnose through examining the eyes or the urine or the teeth or the hair or the tongue, the various things you can use to give an indication of what's going internally with the body and as aside from the biochemical test of the urine and saliva, which is also a part of the class. But the basic diagnosing through muscle testing, which is called kinesiology or reflexology and reading the eyes and the tongue and all these sort of modalities of them. diagnosing are taught so you have a better way to figure out what is wrong with you rather than guessing at it. It becomes more understanding the science of the body and how it operates and learning the difference between European chemistry and African chemistry, which is what I teach, will help you to have the language you need to access this kind of understanding. And we get into how to combine remedies and understanding disease process and how to reverse that process. So all of that's taught in the class, and it's usually about six classes it takes, and homework and study materials available. I would suggest that most of the people that do take it just take it for themselves. They're not trying to become a practitioner, but they can become a licensed naturopath if they wished after they take the class. But most people take it just for the information. Okay. And I know you offer this, these training sessions all over the country by different hosts such as myself and others. And uh, for those who don't know, Dr. Africa will be in California in March, he's also going to be down south in Alabama this upcoming weekend, and he'll be up in Buffalo, New York um, next month, and Toronto uh, next month as well. So he's traveling all over the place, and I know there was a, a listener who was um, on another radio program yesterday who stated that he will be in New York. Dr. Africa, you're going all over the place. I mean, you are bringing the mission straight to our doorsteps now. We don't. We no longer have to travel to find our education. All we need to do is go up the road to our favorite friendship center <laughs> and listen to you and train under you. And I find that to be such a very rare but but honorable privilege. Dr. Africa, what other classes are you offering? Because now that you've spoken about the reconnection to the earth, I'm wondering if you might want to go on and delve into that in addition to what you already do. Well, I, I've done that in the past, but uh, on my schedule, all I have is the classes, but I've done those things in the past, which people call nature's trails, that sort of thing. Uh, and I teach uh, ideology, of course, and, uh, of course, I've taught other things, such as how to uh, operate a group, which we call group dynamics, which I gave a class on that about two weeks ago to a million more March group in uh, Grand Rapids. I taught them how to uh, make a group function, get up and move, and and keep it in a positive way. Because many times black folks, when they get together, when they get together, but it doesn't last because black folks have problems being together. So I taught them the skills of how to maintain a group, a healthy group, uh, which is basically bonding in another form and understanding that process and how it works. Those are things which I do. I I, I even, uh, when I was with a member of the, North American Vegetarian Society and the International Vegetarian Union. I used to be the one to give lectures to children. And I told them later for the grown-ups, the children are here and they need to know something. So I used to give lectures for children. And I had to use a lot of children's stories because you can't keep the attention talking a whole lot of science crap. So I uh, mostly told it in story form and helped them to understand health as well. 
Yes. Well, Dr. Africa, thank you very much. I know that uh, the time has come to an end with you and the time to love, but I know it doesn't end here. <laughs> it does continue with you and with those of us who have decided to take on the mission of healing. I wanted to just let our listeners know that um, I am privileged to have spent this last hour speaking to Dr. Laila Africa, um, our world-renowned healer, lecturer, and author of some books that we know, um, one being African Holistic Health, Nutricide, and The Gullah. I know we didn't get into The Gullah today, but those who are interested, please pick up his books. Dr. Africa, can you suggest a location where we can get more information on you and your books? Well, uh, they can come to my web uh, page, African Holistic Health Group. That's African with a C, African Holistic Health Group dot com, and they can get my books and DVDs, and they can also email me at l l a i l a a f r i k a at Juno J U N O dot com. It's Laila Africa at Juno dot com. They can email me and go to the webpage, order the books and, of course, DVDs. Yes, wonderful. Well, and those who are interested in taking the Holistic Health Consultant Certification Program, a Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute is happy to be able to host some of those classes with Dr. Africa. And uh, if you're interested in getting information on that, you can call us toll-free at one triple eight three 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 forty six seventeen. And that's extension one. Once again, that's one eight 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 three 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 four six one seven extension one. And we can give you more details on how to get to Dr. Africa's classes. And if you're interested, as he said, in just learning more about self and helping family, you can do that. Or if you're interested in going beyond that and helping others, you can become licensed as a naturopath under Dr. Layla Africa. And I can tell you as a student who I'm trained under Dr. Africa that he does remove the myths and he gives you an understanding of self that is so profound it certainly leaves you um, speechless for a few days and lets you really start looking at the earth through different eyes. I want to continue to say that um, we will also be having um, Earth Woman 101 and that is hosted by myself and Akua in Houston, Texas. That will be February the 18th. If you're interested, you can also call the 800 number, 1-888-333-4617, and that will be extension 3. And there will be um, iridology as well as health assessments offered in Houston, Texas, for those who are interested. And we welcome all women to come, and we invite others who are interested to please call us for more details on Dr. Africa's classes and other events that we are having. We are pleased to announce from a Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute that we will be having the Global Sacred Woman Village. It's going to be a three-day retreat, which will be in July of 2006. Um, we are going to be hosting um, Queen Afua. So those who are interested can contact Heal Thyself Center with Queen Afua. And her information is 718-221-HEAL. So it's 495 to attend that and uh, you will definitely enjoy that retreat with Queen Afua. And the Earth Woman retreat will also be within that same month. It will be earlier, but we'll give you more details. Just please call the 800 number or contact Queen Afua for more. 
So, Dr. Africa, thank you for spending the last no, hour of healing. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. And do you have any further instructions for us, or can we end on a note of love? Well, wellness is something we have to claim, and we need to just wake up and start claiming it. Yes. Thank you. So let us claim wellness. It belongs to us. Thank you, Dr. Africa. Much love to you and to you, my dear listeners. And let's take time to love self and love others. Peace. Please won't you tell me when-